0: I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the BioReport. In April 2016, the consulting firm LifeSci Advisors adopted a comprehensive action plan to advance gender diversity in the life sciences industry. It's partnered with Women in Bio and Girls Inc. of New York City to provide mentorship and advancement programs for women and girls in the STEM fields, started its own board diversity initiative, and created the LifeSci Advisory Board on Gender Diversity. We spoke to Michael Rice, LifeSci Advisors' founding partner, About the state of gender diversity in biotech boardrooms, what the firm has been doing, and why it's decided to focus its efforts there. Michael, thanks for joining us.
1: Danny, thanks for having me.
0: We're going to talk about the low number of women in biotech boardrooms, what's being done to change that, and why it matters. There have been a few studies recently that have taken a look at this issue. Perhaps we can begin with some of the numbers how How bad is it?
1: Well, I think when you look at the Liftstream report, um, what it really tells you is that women hold ten percent of the board positions in biotech ninety eight percent of the board chairs are men, and at the current rate in which women are joining boards, it won't be until two thousand fifty six that we reach gender parity. So that that's an interesting, all interesting statistics. I think really the good news is when you look at companies that have at least one woman on their board, those companies have outperformed with all-male boards the counterpart by 28%. So when that's all judged based on the stock price. I think it's really important when you look at all of these um, all of these white papers, the McKinsey quarterly white paper, the Liftstream, the yes, Fuller white paper. I think at the end of the day, it just shows you that we're, we're not there yet. Things are getting better. And I think at the end of the day, when you have a diversified board, all of the statistics that you measure success, um, tell you that it's not only good business, not only is it responsible and makes sense, but at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do
0: how does biotech compare to other industries is this a, a problem that's unique to biotech or is it comparable to what we're seeing elsewhere
1: i'm not an expert and haven't really done the work as far as the comparison so i don't really know i'm really not the right guy to talk tech in other industries but i think it's generally a 20% ish number across other verticals on most boards but again don't quote me cuz i'm not i'm not certainly not an expert there
0: well you mentioned a moment ago about the performance of boards yeah. that had women on and first boards without. In terms of making the case for why this matters, is it come down to an issue of performance? Is, is that a case of correlation or causation?
1: My view is, in my experience, and again, I am certainly not an expert on any of this, but in all the work that we have done and um, in the uh, initiatives that we have formed, what we have come across are some of the most phenomenally skilled people that uh, we've come in contact with um, ever since we've been in business. and We've been in business for seven years. Um, as an organization, we have built an internal network, an initiative called Boardroom, the Boardroom Placement Initiative. And within that network, we have 700 uh, resumes of highly skilled women. And I must tell you, it shocks me when I look at some of these resumes that, you know, a good portion of these women are not on boards already. I think that statistic that we just talked about um, is important to remember. but I think at the end of the day, when you look at these resumes, it's almost obvious that if you had some of these women on board, it would be natural to think and believe that the stock performance um, would be, it would just be better, right? Because when you have a skilled board member, whether it's in regulatory or BD or clinical, they are going to help a management team. They are going to guide and give advice and counsel to that management team, and that is going to help the stock price. So it's very easy to connect connect the two when you really think about it. It's sort of basic common sense. Um, and again, the network that we have built internally—you um, know—we've got those women, we've got that talent pool, and it's incredibly obvious to me that one equates to the other.
0: If you look at board makeups generally for biotech and. and- Probably more so for early stage biotech, the the board members are drawn from the founders, the the top executives, and and from venture investors. These all tend to be male dominated. Is the lack of board diversity a reflection of a broader problem with the the whole ecosystem?
1: You know, I think that's part of it. I definitely think that that's part of it. I think when you and you mentioned uh, early stage companies when they get formed, it's generally formed by investors. Generally, VCs and the VC community, I don't have to tell you, there's clearly a lack of diversity there. Um, but it also goes back to this network of, of whether it's VCs or, or founders or whomever that are sort of repeat offenders, for lack of a better word, right? Um, that you have lots of management teams, lots of VCs that have been successful in the past that do it over and over again. And what do they do? They go back to the people that it, they have been successful with in the past. So, um, you know, it's they draw from the talent that they know. And this is, you know, a very sort of small incestuous community, and they really go back to the people that have made them successful in the past, and generally they're met. Um, and all the data that's out there really sort of proves to that points to
0: that issue i'd agree with you that there's no shortage of worthy female candidates for biotech boards but you know does the answer really lie in addressing boardrooms or should should the issue of gender diversity be really addressed at a much broader level what why why the strategy of of addressing the boardroom
1: Look, Danny, I think this is a big issue, a much bigger issue than ever I thought it was, right, and that I ever imagined. Um, And I think for us, as we think about how we can really be change agents and cheerleaders and allies for diversity, this is what we know from a standpoint of where we're going to show results, and this is what we are able to do. You know, we thought a lot about the best way to affect change. And when I think about how do we drive results, how do we drive visibility, how do we get ourselves in the middle of all of this and really be effective, this was the program that we really felt um, was going to show results quickly. It was also an initiative, as we've spoken to lots of different people, for instance, the board that we have assembled of highly qualified, both men and women, and talked this through over and over again. When you think about addressing this issue, um, we we felt this was the best approach for what we have from a standpoint of our ability to create change and, again, be able to show results.
0: Your firm about a year and a half ago announced an action plan to address the issue of gender diversity in the life sciences. What's included in that plan, and what does such a plan mean coming from a consultancy like yours?
1: Well, look, I think from a standpoint of where and what it means coming from a firm like ours, a consultant firm, we are in the middle of a lot of different circles, right? And so when you think about life side partners and what we do, we're an IR firm, we're a PR firm, we're an investment bank, and we have an asset management business, right? And so... We deal with the industry, we deal with the companies in the industry. We deal with the investors on a day to day basis. We deal with the private equity folks and in the uh, and the venture capitalists and all the different investment banks. I mean we're really in the middle of all of this. and so when we started this and really crafted a plan, there were lots of different things that we thought we are going to embark upon. I think what we came down to is after discussing and consulting with our board um, that we formed to really get opinions from lots of different people within the industry, Um, we came up with the Boardroom Placement Initiative as the plan that we really wanted to focus on. We are, as an aside, the sponsor of the Women in in Biotech um, program called Boardroom Ready. We did get involved with Girls, Inc. of New York. Um, We did embark on numerous other initiatives, but when it really came down to showing results and having an effect on the industry, we really, you know, focused down on the BPI program. Because, again, as I said before, I really believe that's where we're going to be able to affect change. That's where we're going to be able to have substantial conversations with management teams, with boards, with the venture community as to how we can affect change. did that answer your question? Uh,
0: yeah. I, I'm sure some people listening to this might laugh or see, think it ironic that this is a conversation happening between two men. Why does it matter that men play a critical role in helping address the issue of diversity?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think... What this is about is really industry change, and it's not going to happen with just within the, the community of women, right? Men have to embrace this change, and men have to understand um, from a standpoint of the value of putting women in the C-suite and on boards. Men need to be involved in this discussion, in this conversation. It can't happen without men. We have several men on our, on our board of our advisory board. And these are people that, you know, we speak to and engage with on a fairly regular basis. We need to hear from them. And again, we need to go to the venture community, to the investing community, to the management teams that are generally men and engage them in this discussion and put these candidates in front of them and make them aware of these statistics that we're talking about. Because not only is it the right thing to do, it's good business. Right And so, without engaging men, um, we wouldn't be able to have as much of an effect as we are right now.
0: I know life science advisors has helped a number of biotech companies add women to their boards. I'm wondering about the discussions you've had with these companies. Do they approach you specifically seeking a woman? Or are there other experiences, perspectives they seek, and it just so happens that a woman is the best candidate?
1: You know, some it, it really varies, Danny. Some some management teams will come to us and say, you know, they uh, there is a, you know, they they are domiciled in a specific country, and the country mandates they must have a certain amount of women on their board. Others come to us and say, look, we are specifically looking for somebody that is skilled in commercial. Uh, can you help us with that? And naturally, we search our uh, database, and we will come back with women that we know are skilled. Commercial. Um, So it really depends on the situation. We spend a tremendous amount of time vetting our candidates. We spend a tremendous amount of time vetting the company and what their needs are. It is our view that if we spend time with the company's management and really get a clear understanding of what it is that they are looking for and the skill set they are looking for and what their needs are in that boardroom, then we can fill that slot. So, you know, some companies are using BPI to expand their pool of candidates that they might be using recruiters, internal networking. What we want to do is augment that. Remember, we don't charge for this service. We're not a recruiter. We're not a search firm. What we're really trying to do is create change in the industry for the good of the industry.
0: And when you do identify a candidate who may be the first woman on a board What's the conversation with her? Are are there concerns that candidate expresses about being taken seriously, that they're being brought on to make a real contribution, or or they're just for appearances?
1: So I think it's rare that that conversation really does happen. Um, I think most of the women that we have – in our network, recognize how important board chemistry is. I don't think a lot of these women that we engage with are worried about, you know, those type of dynamics as you just described. I think they recognize that they are as qualified as anybody else and feel comfortable sitting in that boardroom as much as any other man is uh, just based on the fact that they are as qualified, some if not more qualified than any man sitting around the table.
0: I remember having a, a conversation with a, a member of a, a public life sciences board uh, about a year ago, and, and he's saying is that you don't need one woman on the board; you need at least two women on the board, in essence, to back each other up so they aren't ignored. He was being a, a bit tongue in cheek when he said that, but also reflecting the challenge of women being heard in, a, in an often very male culture. Do the way board members interact with women and the way they, they bring women on need to change as well just to ensure that their voices are heard?
1: You know, it's a great question. Um, I'm not sure I agree with those those, those statements. I, I sit on a board. I sit on two boards. One of the boards, I'm the audit chair, and the other, um, the chairman of the board is a woman. And I must tell you, Danny, in every single discussion I ever have and as a board that we have, there is no way anybody is going to ignore the voice of the chairperson who is a woman um, and has very strong opinions that we all very much listen to. You know, I think it's for, i you know, so that's number one. Number two, I think it's good for all of us to really be aware of unconscious bias that everybody brings to a boardroom. That is definitely there. But at the end of the day, um, again, in the type of women that we are engaging with, uh, it's rare that we have discussions, as you described. And I think the issue of not being heard really has not come up a lot with us. Um, So, you know, those are my comments there.
0: Your efforts are focused on gender diversity, the the issue of diversity, and the problems with industry in relation to diversity run much deeper than gender alone. Do you think the industry would see benefit from addressing gender more broadly, and why not take this approach?
1: So, look, we are very focused on gender diversity. Um, I'm, like I've always said, no expert in any of this, but I think we are really affecting changing, having an impact on our companies um, that work with us. I can't really comment as to broader diversity and the entire industry and how they're going to affect change through broader adoption of different principles of diversity overall. But I do know what I know, um, which is that we have spent a tremendous amount of time researching gender gender diversity, figuring out how we can be change agents and figuring out how we can be an ally and cheerleaders for the women that are in our network.
0: Michael Rice, founding partner of Lifeside Advisors. Michael, thanks so much for your time
1: today. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate the time.